Three times because I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam ar Rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wa ala. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I can't believe that I can see uncle standing at the back, Abu Dhar's dad, who's freaked me out already. I told him two hours ago to rest. And don't come to the masjid. He, he gave me a heart attack the other day. Yesterday? Yesterday. Yesterday. He gave me a heart attack yesterday because I thought he had a heart attack. Collapsed to the floor, dying on the floor like this, that, whatever, shaking, God knows what. It's a khalas, and he's had a heart attack. In the end, the guy's had a middle ear infection. That's <laughs> it. Eating too much in halwa. Doctor says to him, just chill out. And what he do is coming in, coming to the masjid in the middle of a storm. Can you go home please, yeah? Thank you. Alright, so alhamdulillah we got rid of uncle. And uh, we might get rid of the roof of the masjid as well, unfortunately, because it's pretty sounds pretty rough out there, huh? Hailing and thorn. Allahumma sayyidin nafi'a. Allahumma hawalna wa la Oh Allah, make it a beneficial rain. Oh Allah, make it around us, not on top of us. Make it more beneficial to the places and things that need it. Uh, and don't cause damage by it. Um, okay, so hmm, what did I want to do today? So today, there's a few things that I thought I'd go back over as well, mention a couple of points, um, and then uh, pretty much finish off this chapter of the sunan, of the uh, non-obligatory matters. And then that allows us, inshallah, next week to start this new chapter, uh, inshallah, um, which will be the obligatory matters and actually we go into some, some, some serious detail then um, so that's inshallah next week uh, next week we start our roadshow uh, meaning that this is the first of the second year the first roadshow of academic year two and it will be held uh, logical progression will be live from Wokefield Park which is in Berkshire which is in Reading um, and you could literally just just type that in online but also, actually, the easiest way to find it is to go to www.ilmsummit.org. Ilmsummit, I-L-M-S-U-M-M-I-T dot O-R-G. So, um, if you're in the area, in the London area, because it's not far from London or Reading, then please pop in. Uh, it's free for everyone to pop in. It's within a pro- closed program, uh, Ilm Summit. But the uh, Wednesday evening session will be open to the community. Insha'Allah. So that's going to be on Wednesday evening, same time as per usual, live from London or Reading. Um, so that's next week, Insha'Allah. The uh, and likewise, um, because it's a new section, that we're going to release some new notes. So that will happen over the next four or five days. 
um, a new set of transla- a new translation plus the the, re- the relevant Arabic and so that will probably come out um, on the email list so make sure that when you see you, you'll know that we don't send out emails very often on the mailing list so that will be released on the mailing list and it will be found in the section called class notes which is on the portal and on the forum as well all right and so if you're not already uh, if you come here regularly and you don't you're not involved online so that's a reminder that you should be involved online as well because that's where the fundamental kind of the stuff is released the notes and everything so that's a reminder that's going to happen sometime this week um and also mashallah so uh, alhamdulillah uh, our dear friend and brother dr shahzad amin has written us a not, not a poem because he's uh, cut above that he's written an ode which is old school kind of language, right? So this is an ode to logical progression on the anniversary of our first year. And I must say that on the anniversary of this first year, he has very generously, with his Allah khair, wa barakallahu fi, he has given uh, me a gift and a gift for the PG volunteers. And he's also got chocolate for every single person who is here today. Individual chocolates for every person. You will claim yours at the door. You'll have to give the secret the handshake though uh, the LP handshake and the the password which is what is the agreed upon position of the most nudgest thing in the entire planet okay <laughs> which is we all know is Anfield sign it's not the iPhone man it's the sign it's the Anfield no no good no Anfield I'm <laughs> getting <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's the, it's the Anfield logo. There's no doubt about that. That's the most nudgest thing possible. Uh, Suleiman's not happy because he feels there's a bit of hypocrisy going on because in the fantasy football, my captain is Suarez, of course. Okay? I just want to make it clear that he might be nudgest and racist and all the rest of it, yeah? But the man pulls in some bad points. You know what I'm saying? Yeah? And at the end of the day, it's all about the points. Yeah? You know what I'm saying? Okay? And Suleiman is feeling hurt because he's getting battered at the moment, right? I'm beating him by so many points. I tried to find him on the first page of the fantasy <laughs> league standings. Couldn't see his name. Well, I turned the page. Yeah, the second. You know, you press next. Yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. I press next and you look down. And it's not even like 10. It's like 50. You know what I'm saying? Each page has 50 standings. There's about 400 people in our league. I don't know how many. And you look for my... He's on the... I have to look for Suleiman. It's the only thing I care about in fantasy football. Being Suleiman. Press next. Not on the first page. Press next again. Not on the second page. Kasme. Press next again. He's not on the third page. As I said, Khalas, he's gone then. I don't know where he's gone. And a big shout out to Bobby J who out of all 400 is sitting pretty at number one, mashallah. Oh. That's our Bobby J. Just talking about pages, can I just say? We're on page we're reporting. <laughs> I just want to show you, this is how many points I've beaten. This is how many... <laughs> <laughs> just so that, just so that you can... Anyway, we're back to our ode. Let's get back to our ode. Huh? So, the ode to logical progression. Students in the masjid, others online. Seeking true knowledge, ilm, from the divine. PG is the name, LP is the game, AE is our teacher, our ustad, our guide, teaching this fiqh with wisdom and pride. And a smile and a joke with the assembled throng, 
but cussing us packs when we get questions wrong. From the Prophet ﷺ to Sahaba and the Tabi'een, great Imams and Shuyukh transmission of Deen. Analyzing a Sharh to debate and discuss where is the evidence? Is there a Nas? Najasa in urine, feces, and dirt, but surely not found on a Liverpool shirt. Pure and purifying, water that's old, use of utensils made of silver and gold. The question remains though, can we apply this knowledge to our lives? We can only but try. So for students present, local or afar, to LP year two, we say marhaba. Nice, mashallah. That's very impressive, mashallah. Very good. That's very good. That's a good summary of your, the, the, the uh, guide part and the, you know, the mashallah, the hero part. Was there a hero in there for me or nothing? Just teacher. Wisdom, wisdom, I like that. Yeah. Huh, Bob? Huh? Wisdom. A spelling mistake. <laughs> it's a spelling mistake, subhanAllah. It's a spelling mistake. All right, so. Um, Let's get into the text then. So the English, I, I guess, as you probably know already, is the last page. And it's simply uh, the statement that the Sunan of ablution, we're reading it from page four, I guess. Uh, the Sunan of ablution includes using a toothstick, washing the hands three times, although it's obligatory after rising from an external sleep, which invalidates ablution. Um, and to carry on then from the further Sunan on page five, beginning by rinsing the mouth and then rinsing the nose, exaggerating in the two, this mubalagha, yani, this exaggerating, uh, except whilst fasting, running one's fingers through the beard, running one's fingers through the other set of fingers and toes, in brackets, beginning with the right-hand side, using new water for the ears, and washing a second and third time. Okay, I think we finished the beard, right? That's it. Correct? I can't, I can't remember exactly. Yeah. Okay, so uh, uh, a question just been asked rather randomly, okay, that if you're eating some food or you have eaten some food, um, do you have to wash your mouth three times to reinstate your state of wudu? And the answer to that, um, and that will come in terms of the section of invalidation of wudu, okay, but the answer is, is that eating food doesn't invalidate the wudu, even though we will discuss an opinion about hot food and so on. We will discuss that. But the answer is, is that first of all, eating doesn't invalidate the food. And the reason that you rinse your mouth is nothing to do with the wudu. But it's to do with making sure that there's nothing left in the mouth of significant size. So that if you are praying, you're not swallowing things down. And we will learn when we come to the book of prayer about what are the kind of things that invalidate the prayer. And is everything that is swallowed something which invalidates the prayer? And the answer is no. And the issue is all about significance. And if it's something uh, insignificant and just tiny bits of food stuck in between the teeth, whatever, and that doesn't break the doesn't break the salah, doesn't break the salah. Anyway, uh, so um, I didn't. Well, I, I didn't see our our Amira give me a reference on what page I got to. Normally, she does on Twitter, but well, I've been so busy, I haven't even had time to check. Anyone know where we are? Plus one seven three. Yeah, I think 175 sounds about right. Oh, I think I mentioned, the, yeah, 
I talked about the guy who uh, is mute. Does he have to recite Fatiha? Does he have to try? What did we say? Sheikh Lutamin's opinion is that there's no point in him doing that because because he doesn't have the ability to do so. Yeah. Because he doesn't have the ability to do so, yeah? The idea is, is that when you do uh, uh, move your tongue and your lips and whatever, the reason you do that is so you can produce sound. So if you can't produce sound, then why would you do that? That's his reasoning. I want you to understand that's only his opinion. Okay? I think it's fair enough opinion. I don't think it's anything very strong. Okay? I, it, it can be argued against. Anyone can make an argument against that? Anyone? Just, just. That's good. That's also good, isn't it? When you're even like normal, right? Uh, uh, like you're not mute, um, and you move your lung, your 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 uh, lips and your tongue, you're not making a sound anyway. The answer back to that is that you're not making a sound that other people can hear, but you are definitely still articulating, and you do hear it. And remember, we must re-emphasize at this point that the prayer is not valid unless everything is articulated. You know, there's like this idea amongst the packs that as long as you can hear yourself saying it in your head, then that's fine. And you'd be amazed. You know, go around teaching fiqh salah and, you know, you think it's an obvious point and you mention it and then there's people like going, oh, I've been doing that all my life kind of thing. Yeah? So that's crazy, you know? It needs to actually be articulated. You can't hear that, but I can hear myself, clearly. So the tongue and lips do play a part. Anyone else can argue against it? But you don't have to make a sound to be able to understand. So lip readers can actually say what you're saying without you making a sound at all. Lip readers can can read your lips without you making a sound. Okay, so what's the, what's the point there? The point is you don't have to make a sound to be able to articulate it, I would say. Right. So, your, uh, so that's coming from the angle you're saying, well, actually, you know what? It's not to do with the sound anyway. Because if you were to move your lips, then the lip readers could read it. I would say two things to that. Number one, not everyone's a lip reader. Number two, uh, the ruling is not based upon others understanding what you're saying. The ruling is based upon qira'atul fatiha, the reciting of fatiha. And so the reason that you're moving everything and so on is to achieve qira'a, reading, as opposed to uh, achieve someone else understanding you. That's not the illa. So that's, that's an interesting, that's a good point. Yeah. Even the fact that he can't move, he's not got the ability to move. But he has to make a gesture with his eyes to distinguish between ruku and sujood and everything else. So Shaz is saying that if a person can't move, then he still has to pray with some kind of gesture, even if it means moving his eyes. So I guess your argument is is that if he if he you know if he can't pray, then he should do he should do nothing. Why is he moving his eyes for? What is it? What is the significance of his eyes? The answer uh, to that. The answer to that would be, and Allahu A'lam, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set a precedent in salah, alright, that if you can't do this, then do that. If you can't do this, then do that. So there's already, it might not have gone all the way, and you're right, that's not something from the Prophet sallallahu moving of the eyes, but it is almost an agreement amongst the, the fuqaha that the three things have been uh, uh, mentioned, the sitting, and then the lying down, alright, 
and that the indication of if you can't do stand then sit and if you can't do sit then lying down and then if you can't lie down then do this and if you can't do that then do this this is a an indication of continuation so they would they would say there's evidence for what's being uh, being done there and because the obligation of the prayer is not That's also a good point. So that, that, the that, obligation is not lifted, the prayer is not lifted. It's just the fact that you can't stand to that. Now, now if you come to sit, then that goes to the other. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what no one can't think of? I, I mean, even myself, I can't think of something amazing. But one thing that does come to mind, again, it's not a, 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 a um, not very strong, but it's, an, it's, a, it's, a, it's a support for saying that you should try to uh, move your lips, is the pretty much agreement of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, that a person should do ramal even if they're not able to. So when you're doing tawaf, it is sunnah in the first few to do ramal, which is to run and to show strength and show your fit, okay, after you've just come out, you know, long journey, blah, blah. And you know it's ram jamming, so you can't. So then you have that whole kind of synchronized kind of behavior, you know, when you're kind of going at that on the spot, right? So it looks completely freaked out. But the ironic thing is, is that that actually has been described in the, by the companions, that this is what you do. So you can't run, but you pretend to run. You do it to the best of your ability. You know that what's trying to be achieved is not... In fact, I would argue, it's actually making you look like an idiot, right? Okay, so it's not achieving anything. At the same time, the counter-argument could come, actually, it's still showing fitness, because even to jog on the spot requires fitness, right? And the illa... And this is the important part, that when the Prophet ﷺ uh, 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 described why that they were doing that, it was to show the Qur'an, because it all fits into the uncovering of the right shoulder. You show the arm, strength, bicep, muscle, you show that you're running, we've come this way, but don't think we're weak, don't think that we're pilgrims and some pathetic kind of people, don't think that just because we're out there in Medina, we're not in Mecca at the moment, that you can just walk over us. We've come, we're ready, we'll bring another 100,000 over if we need to, we're here, we're doing our ibadah, we are peace-loving people, but if you want to kind of rock, then we're ready as well. That's arm, um, that's, you know what I'm saying? The illa has been made very clear. So, um, I guess it could be argued, yeah, it might look stupid, but, but, that it's still achieving the something you can't do. If you could run between the gaps, you would. But because you can't, you do maintain that kind of level of fitness and it shows that you're not tired, you're not knackered out kind of thing. Uh, that's something that came to my mind. Uh, Allah alam. Yeah, and even if you're not able to do the full thing, you do something similar to it. And I'm sure if we sit and think about it, you can probably think of some more examples. Um, I, I wanted to mention um, uh, something that I came across with respect to um, uh, the beard. Now... The uh, it was it's narrated authentically by Imam Al Bayhaqi um, that on the authority of Nafir that Abdullah Nafir is the freed slave of Abdullah bin Umar that Abdullah bin Umar when he would do his uh, beard in the wudu okay what's the the tell me uh, okay what's the uh, position of washing the beard. What is the ruling on washing the beard? It depends on how thick it is. If it's a thin one, then you can, you can wash to the skin. Then that's fine, that's sufficient. If it's a thick one and you can't get to the skin, then running your hand through your fingers through it. Right. 
So what Yusuf just said is basically that it depends upon the, the, the thickness of the beard, getting through to the skin or not, etc, etc. That's fine in its right place, but it doesn't answer the question I'm asking. You're actually answering a different question which we covered last week. And we'll come to the point you're making. I repeat, what is the ruling on the washing of the beard? Let me make it easier. What are we talking about here? <laughs> what are we what are we discussing? What point of fit are we discussing at the moment? What what are we discussing? What's the topic that we're discussing? Sunan, but what specifically? No, no, I mean right here. What with the beard? Running the fingers through the beard. That's why I asked the question because um, that's why I didn't write the notes because I knew I got a feeling after I looked at some of the questions on the on the portal on the form that people are really confused about the beard thing. All right, so I thought that we'd spend some time on this. Listen, we are talking about running the fingers through the beard. All right, what's the ruling of running the fingers through the beard? Sunnah. It's sunnah. It's sunnah. When is it sunnah? In wudu, it's sunnah, but it's sunnah in only one circumstance. What is that circumstance? When it's a thick beard. That's what we discussed, yeah? Right? We said it's an obligation in another scenario. Uh, in ghusl and so on and so forth. Or if the beard is very very short. Okay? Now, that is, that is with respect to the ruling of running the fingers through the beard. I asked you a different question. I said, what is the ruling concerning washing the beard? Rukun. She said, that's a rukun, which is put everyone yani, onto a heart attack level. Yeah. Ruined everyone's yani, wudu for the rest of their life. <laughs> Anyone? What do you think? Okay, let me ask another question. Let me make it easier. I mean, in fairness, I don't expect you to know because we haven't come to that section. Okay? Um, what do you know of um, with respect to the ruling of washing the face? What's the ruling of washing the face in wudu? Wajib. Good. An obligation. Okay? Good. What do you think is the ruling of washing the beard? Okay, Bob's saying obligation. Why is that? The face is the face. Good. And that's the correct position. The beard... Is not known as the beard when it comes to the face itself. So washing the beard, okay, is an obligation. But now we need to also add some detail, okay? There's a difference, and I mentioned this last week, and that's where I think the confusion came, about the inner parts of a beard and the external parts of a beard. Do you remember I said layers? I talked about layers. So when it comes to washing the face, okay, washing, if I was to get water now and I was to wash my face, you see, watch where I wipe my hands, okay? That's an obligation to wash. Because this is my face. This is my face, okay? So this is the washing. This is part of my face. This has to be washed, all right? Now, if it's thick, which is this roughly is, then I don't need to go like this and wash the skin underneath. But if it was very, very thin, very thin, then as I'm washing, I'd have to then I'd have to, I mean, obligatorily, I would have to get the water into the skin. But because the skin is hidden well, 
Now, I don't need to go into the skin itself, but I still, it's obligatory to wash the beard, which is part of washing the face. We'll come to that. Now, our addendum is, our additional point is, when it comes to the rest of the beard, then to comb the fingers through that, that's a sunnah. So you've now washed the obvious parts, now I will now do the sunnah here. That gets to the back and so on. And there's a couple of ways of doing that. You start from the back like this or from the front like this, yeah? Or you get the water underneath and then you rub it from here, rub it from the roots, okay? We describe that those two ways. And I came across um, an athar. Remember, an athar means a narration, okay? And narration from uh, Ibn Umar radiallahu an. He would rub these parts, his sideburns basically. Alright? So this is a description of how he would he would treat his beard in wudu. This is like mukammal kind of way. Kamil sunnah proper way. So he would wash his face and then he would rub. Rub these parts like that. Okay? So that definitely actually getting through to the skin. Right? This is what he would do. And then he would comb. He would comb his beard sometimes. And leave it sometimes. Again, indicating that it's a sunnah, meaning that it's not something which is obligatory. All right. Remember, the sunnah comes from the ruling that the Prophet ﷺ said that I was commanded to run my fingers through my beard. I was commanded, umirtu. My Lord commanded me. Okay. Now, the command remains as an obligation until evidence is showed that it actually was a recommendation. And that's the basic kind of system in Islam, okay, or in, in Sharia. And we know that the, the fact that the Prophet ﷺ didn't wipe his fingers through the beard many times indicates that his statement, I was commanded to, must mean I was recommended to. Alright? That's how we work in a solo fiqh. Alright? That's how we understand the principle. So is that clear? There is a complete way of uh, doing it. And... Uh, there's another narration as well um, uh, that that ibn ibn that ibn one of the tabi'in, he said that I was making wudu and Abdullah ibn Umar he saw me and he said ya dhahak he said ya dhahak comb through your beard. So what I did is. Uh, uh, no, I, I, I take that back. He goes, um, he goes, khalil. Okay? He goes, khalil. Which means, uh, remember I described khalil uh, last week? I said that khalil is the, is the command from takhallala, which is the verb, which means to fill gaps. I remember I said to you that khalil is uh, when you have a deficiency in something, small spot, a small imperfection. A nuqsan, a naqs. So this is called a khalal. And so what you're trying to do is to, to, uh, uh, to deal with the small gaps, the small thingy. So he, uh, Ibn Umar said to him, when watching him make wudu, he goes khalil, like this. Khalil basically means sort the gaps out. So what did he do? He went like this. He thought that Ibn Umar was referring to the gaps in between the fingers. So he started doing this. And uh, Abdullah ibn Umar goes, yaddahak hakadha. He goes, listen, like this, like this. And so then he, he pointed to his beard. Ashara ila lihiyatihi. He pointed to his beard. فَخَلَّلَهَا مِنْ تَحْتِ ذَقْنِهِ He then, he then, he started to uh, comb through it underneath his chin. Like this. Okay, like this. Is that clear everybody? So I want you to be clear in your minds. 
To wash the face and the outer parts of the beard is the obligation of washing the face. As for the combing of the beard through the longer parts, okay, then this is a sunnah which you should do and it's not an obligation to do all of the time. And that's the position of pretty much the majority of the scholars. And we should always try to maintain the sunnah. Of course, I emphasize again, everything we mentioned in this section on the sunnah is not to be just rejected. It, oh, it's not important. No, it is important. This is a complete system. Okay, folks, yeah? Are we good with that? Um, and again, to re-emphasize, it's only, you only really go for the skin and the beard is pretty much ignored if the beard is very, very thin. If the beard is very, very thin, then the focus is purely on the skin underneath the beard. Okay, folks? All right. The next then uh, 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 thing that he says is al-asabi'ah, uh, the fingers. So, Shaykh al says on page 175, he goes, so then from the, uh, likewise from the sunan of wudu is to run the fingers through the hands and the feet. And it is more emphasized, what's more emphasized? The feet, correct. And he goes, there's two reasons that the feet are to be more emphasized. What's the first reason, anyone? Sorry? Why they're dirty? Good, that's, 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 uh, that's actually the second reason, but that's fine, okay? That they are dirtier in general. They collect dirt more easier because the feet are used walking around in places. If you wear socks, it gathers that, you know, that kind of whatever that stuff is. Fluff, yeah, fluff. And if you're working, walking barefoot, then it's all dirty, you know, whatever dirt it is. So that's the obvious reason it's more emphasized than hands. What's the first reason? You can put that under the second. The, the general sweating, perspiring, getting hotter. Put it all under the second that they get more dirty. Get, get put that also into the second. I think that's also good, but there's a specific reason. I think in fairness, there could be three, four reasons. You're right. You're generally washing your hands all the time and you're keeping them clean. You're going to get to your feet less and so on. These are good reasons in fairness. I don't know why he didn't mention these as well, but he did focus on two. No. No, no hadith which emphasizes it more so. I mean, there are hadith to mention it, but there's what well, he's trying to say, why? So the answer is physi- physiological. It's not spiritual or anything like that. The answer is pure physiology. Just think. Think, th- think of your hands and think of your feet. The structure. Good one. It's progress. See, I told you, my kid will be a scholar, mashallah. I knew he's, got, he's got everything. He's got everything. At the age of, mashallah, 10. I wasn't that clever at 10. I thought they were the same thing. Toes and fingers. Yeah, pack. <laughs> what about those gaps? Like the gaps you've got there, like gaps between the toes. What about the gaps? They're tight closed. Sheikh Ruthaymin, he says, he goes, the toes are always touching. And your fingers aren't always touching. And that's pretty true. Maybe your, maybe your big toe kind of blags it here and there. Yeah? Depends if you've got one of those weird big toes. You know, some people got some sick big toes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah? Like they're like horror show big toes. You know that we need some plastic surgery going down for big toes. You know what I'm saying? Some people should be wired to wear socks all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Allah. Anyway, so he's right. 
He goes, if you look at actually the structure of your toes, they're, 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 they're actually designed, I don't know, right, to curl, aren't they? They curl your foot like that. It's rare that you see your fingers or your toes flat. They're like that, aren't they? They all kind of like come into that nice ball shape. The shoe's also shaped like that. If you think about it, a proper shoe should theoretically keep your, your feet kind of flattish, but they don't. They kind of curve in, right? Is there a reason? It's just more, is it playing to the way that the foot goes? If, the, if all the toes were like pulled out, like that, and, and, and made more relaxed, they go back in again, don't they? Zephyr's like thinking, don't ask me some medical opinion for that. But anyway, I, I, to be honest, I like that. So he goes, because they're touching, they're, gonna, uh, they're more in contact, whatever, you, you know, that's good. Anyway, so he goes, as for the, so how that's done, so when the washing of the hands is done, then that's done simply like this, okay? That's done simply by putting the fingers in between the others, and you can do all of them. And that's the, that's the sunnah way of doing it, okay? To actually put the fingers... Uh, I say sunnah, I mean that that's the only way that's narrated from our companions and so on. But if the person was to use one finger, then that's okay as well, inshallah, all right? As for the, the feet, then as every pack knows... Each one at a time. Each one at a time. No, I, I thought that's a pack thing, no? Every, every pack knows how to wash his feet, his toes. Little finger... Which one? Pinky. Left. Little Pinky, yeah? See, like Bobby J does. You see Bobby J, mashallah, he's upon sunnah. Little Pinky, yeah? You don't call that Pinky, no? <laughs> no? Who calls it Pinky? That's a is it a London thing? Or is it an American thing? Everyone. I never even knew her Pinky until the kids started telling me Pinky. <laughs> Little Finger? Listen. Thumb. Forefinger. Middle finger, ring finger. Which was index? Index. index. Is that not called a forefinger? Index. Oh, subhanallah. I thought it was called a forefinger. I think it's both. I think it's both. Yeah. I think yeah. Index finger, forefinger, middle finger, ring finger. Is that the name for that? Yeah. Ring finger, little finger. Pinky. Pinky. Yeah. All right. That's good then. So, um. So Sheikh Luthamin, he goes that what you should use the little finger on the left hand side. And the manner is he starts with the little toe on the right hand foot. One, two, three, four. Four? Four. I was going to say five. <laughs> But then I'll be talking about Bobby's foot then, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, man. Shaitani behavior, kasam, man. I don't know what comes over me man, on Windows nights. I don't know. I'm a nice guy generally, shout out, Bob. Does that mean no chops, yeah? No chops, yeah? <laughs> Prices have gone up. Uh, okay, so that's one, two, three, four. Little finger going in between the uh, right foot. And then... Um, and then carrying on. Okay? From the, th- from the big toe. 
five, six, seven, eight. Ending at the little toe. Ending at the little toe on the left hand side. He's mentioned in this one paragraph right and left so many times that my mind's gone been blown. Okay. Okay, so he goes, and the reason for that is quite simple. It's simply maintaining the right-left uh, 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 preference. Starting from the right-hand side and then moving to the left-hand side. That is the way that it happens. And the second thing is the why the use of the small finger on the left uh, hand one, because the, the, the small finger is the smallest and easiest to get in between the gaps. And number two, because the left hand is used to clean dirt. Okay? Left hand is used to clean dirt. And this was considered to be good. Istahsanahu, meaning that it was considered to be good by the scholars. But can we say that it's a sunnah? Okay? Is it possible to say it's a sunnah? Well, you know what? As Shaykh Uthameen says, nothing has been authentically narrated about this action from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So therefore, هذا استحسان من بعض العلماء لكن لا يلتزم به كالسنة. It is something which is considered to be good that you do, but we don't stick to it like as if it's a sunnah and make it out this big thing like it's a sunnah. Because in fact, there's nothing narrated from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to... to uh, uh, to do that. Okay, to, to do that. Now, he goes, similar to this is what they mentioned about cutting the nails. Okay? Now, some of the scholars, he says, continuing, on the next page, 176, he said, they said that when you cut your nails, you should cut them more mukhalifan. Okay? Um, now, look, bear with me, okay? You need to write that the word down. Mukhalifan. Okay? Some of the scholars said, when you cut your nails, you've got to cut them mukhalifan. So, what is mukhalafan? Well, a hadith has been narrated, which is not authentic, on the authority of the Prophet ﷺ, that he said, whoever cuts his nails mukhalafan, he will not be affected by conjunctivitis ever, in his two eyes. His two eyes will not suffer from conjunctivitis. Okay? This is a hadith which has been narrated by Ibn Battah, um, um, in the Sharh of Al-Umdah, and it's also been mentioned by Ibn Qudama in Al-Mughni and uh, in a number of other books. And Ibn Al-Qayyim Al-Jawziyyah, he said, it is the most disgusting of the fabricated narrations. Min Akbah Al-Mawdu'at. It's the most horrific of fabricated nation, uh, uh, narrations. al-Sakhawi Mullah Al-Iqari ala annahu lam yathbut fi kayfiyat al-Qas al-Adfar an in Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam shayt. And Mullah uh, Al-Iqari uh, from the Hanafi scholars and As-Sakhawi from the Shafi'i Muhaddithin, they both said nothing has ever been authentically established from the Prophet ﷺ in concerning the manner of how you cut your nails. You know, there's a lot of kind of things that go around. You know, packs start here, they go here, then they go to the thumb, and then they start and doing the other fingers, then back to the thumb, and so on. Basically, according to some of the scholars, nothing authentically has been established. We'll come to that section in its right time. Anyway, so, as we said, that hadith you know, is not authentic. But Shaykh Uthameen still continues, and he says, let me just explain to you anyway what they mean by mukhalafan. Uh, mukhalafa, the, the, descri- the description of this concept of mukhalafa is that you start... بالخنسر اليمنى the 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 خنسر okay 
Khinsar means the uh, little finger, okay? The Khinsar. The Khinsar uh, is of the right, you start with the Khinsar al-Yumna, Thumma al-Wusta, Wusta is the Arabic name for the middle finger, Thumma al-Ibham, which is the thumb, the thumb is called Ibham, okay? Thumma uh, al-Binsar, which is the ring finger, Binsar, Thumma al-Sababa, Sababa is the forefinger, the index finger, okay? The Sababa. Uh, and then you go to the left and you start with the Ibham, the thumb, then the middle finger, the Wusta, then the Khinsar, which is the, the little finger, then As-Sababa, and then the Binsar. Okay? So, he goes, this is what Mukhalifan is. Shaykh Al-Athimin goes, he goes, if the Hadith was authentic, Fal'ain wa Ra'ts, which is an Arabic kind of phrase. He goes, then, you know, we'd, we'd bow down to it and we would, we would do it. Okay? We, and I like this point, actually. He goes, if the hadith was authentic, we would do it. He goes, even if we don't understand how on earth that's going to stop you from conjunctivitis. He goes, because maybe there's something there that we don't know. Maybe we, we, don't, we just don't know. He goes, that there are some things that we, uh, you know, and we don't. But, uh, and that's good that he says that. That's really good. Because he, you see, when I said conjunctivitis, yeah, you're looking at me, I'm looking at you, I have a little giggle kind of thinking, you know, how's that going to happen, right? And, that is not the academic response. A little giggle at the ridiculousness of it curing conjunctivitis. The correct response is, let's look if the hadith is authentic or not. If the hadith is authentic, then you know what? I'm not giggling at all. I just don't get it, but it must work somehow. And that's iman, proper iman. And that's why when I mention some of these points, that this is a point of iman, a point of aqidah, that's what I mean when I say that. That's what the scholars mean. They don't mean that to not cut the nails is a point of aqidah, or to cut the nails is a point of aqidah, or female circumcision, this, that, blah, blah, is a point of aqidah. What I mean is to understand that when something is narrated and authentically so, it becomes a point of aqidah and iman to, to accept it, whether we like the reason behind it or not, or whether we understand the reason behind it or not, whether we can even think of the reason behind it or not. That's what I mean when I say it was a point of iman and aqidah. So this is good what Shaykh Uthameen mentions here. Anyway, he goes, but anyway, the hadith is not authentic. So, um, and so therefore, what we should do, if you want to really cut your nails in any kind of sunnah way, then you should do it as, as was narrated by Aisha radiallahu anha, when she said that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that actually, uh, the, the Prophet ﷺ used to love doing everything starting with the right hand side first with respect to putting his slippers on, with respect to doing his tarajjul, uh, which is the combing of his beard, meaning the oiling and the combing of his beard, meaning beautification, and his purification, meaning that his wudu, starting right hand side then left, and then, and in fact, in everything that he used to do. Everything that he used to do, he used to like starting with the right hand side. So therefore, we would say that if the sunnah, if there is a sunnah in cutting the nails, it means starting with the right hand side, the right hand hand first. So he should start with the small finger. So therefore, if you want to know the sunnah, then you start with the right, the, the little finger on the right hand side, and then the ring finger, then the middle finger, then the sababa, and then the thumb. And then you would start with the left thumb, and then the left finger, then the middle, and then the ring finger, and then the khinsar at the end. هذا على أن في الناس he goes and this is the best way of, of of doing it this is sticks to the general evidences okay then the next point so are you happy with that this uh, uh, um, are you happy with that in terms of uh, thing in magic yeah sorry we don't have anything authentically to say that he's a little finger and then the to clean between and starting from the small toe on the right side 
Correct. We do not. I'll, I'll actually, I did have a um, a narration here, which I will read to you. Um, the reason why some scholars consider it to be a sunnah is because of a narration, the narration, uh, uh, the hadith of, of Al Mustawrid Ibn Shaddad radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. He said, "Ra'aytu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam idha tawadda'a dalaka asabi'a rijlayhi bi khinsarihi. Um, and maybe that should say dalaka, but maybe dalaka is acceptable as well. Narrated by, uh, by Imam Abu Dawood and At-Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah. And it is considered, this hadith is considered to be weak. This hadith is considered to be weak. Alright? Okay. I also wanted to say that... Um, no, I think that's that's I think that's good to say that. That's that's about that's about yeah, I need more than we need to say in that uh, issue. Alright, let's talk about Tiyamun. Okay. And that Tiyamun is starting the right hand side. We've covered this a few times already. Alright? And it just basically um uh, uh what we're trying to say is that when it comes to the sunnah of what uh, when it comes to the sunnah of doing wudu is that you should start with the right hand side, which immediately indicates that if you did not start with the right hand side, as been narrated by many of the companions, then there's no problem. Abdullah bin Mas'ud was asked by a man where he said that is it acceptable that a person washed his left hand or left arm first before his right arm? Which you know what would never happen. Would you agree? If you're making wudu, it's almost like doing tashahud before the standing. It's that ingrained into us. You start with your left hand, you'd have a, you'd have a heart attack, wouldn't you? Right? So, actually, I think you can also feel that amongst the companions as well. Because someone did it, and then he went to Abdullah bin Mas'ud. He goes, you know, I did wudu with my left start, and then I did the right. And he goes, that's no problem. He said, no problem. Labats. No, no, chill out. So, therefore, we know that it's, it's a clear sunnah. And if you don't do it, then it's not a problem. Okay? So, uh, what are we referring to then? What should we start with with the right hand side first then? It's concerning four limbs. Okay? Four limbs. We're talking about the, uh, the two hands and the two feet. These are the four limbs. Okay, so we start with the right hand and then the left hand and then the right hand and then the left hand. Now, remember, when we say hand, we are not talking about the washing of the hands at the beginning. Because first of all, that washing of the hands is a sunnah anyway. You might not do that. Okay, remember, it goes back to the whole discussion of whether you've woken up, whether your hands have been God knows where, whatever. Your hands might be clean when you start. Okay, you might turn the tap on, just put your hands on underneath, just get ready to start washing your mouth and start washing your nose and so on and so forth. So it's not about that part. That's the normal washing of the hands. All right, that's the normal washing of the hands. When we're talking about washing the hands, we are talking about the whole arm. It's very important. This will become clear in the obligatory section. All right? But whenever the word hand is mentioned, it's referring to the arm. Okay? All right? And, and in the ayah, in al-marafiq, when the hand is mentioned, wash your hands, it says until, up until the elbows. And so therefore, the hand is referred to. And I told you, I think I told you last week. Did I tell you last week what the number one mistake is in wudu? Did we talk about that? No? Yes, I did? No? I mean, I will talk about this later, but just so that you know now, the number one mistake that all forms of Muslims, practicing, non-practicing, practicing as well, non-practicing Muslims too, make is that they do not wash their hands when they're washing their arms. So what happens is because the hand is wet, and they've already washed their hands, yeah? Alright, so now they're doing this, that, blah, 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 wash the face, and now it's time to wash the arm. So what do they do? Stick it under the tap, give it the old rub, but they don't do the hand. And the obligation is to wash the hand. Alright? Because it's wet already, you're thinking, well, it's wet. 
You know what I'm saying? So the washing of the hand, and especially if you start following the madahib like the Malikiyah, which, which obligate delf, which is a major rubbing and, you know, full whatever, okay? Then it, you have to, that's, where, that's actually where you start doing your in-between your fingers behavior. That's at that point. Now I want you to imagine, most people, I see it all the time, literally, they put their hands underneath the water and they're just making sure that all this is done and they just forget the hand. So, uh, that's important, okay? When the hand is mentioned, it means from the fingertips to above the elbow. We'll come to that later anyway. So, um, how do we do this? What does right and left mean? Well, we start with the right hand side, the whole arm is done, okay? And then we then move on to the left hand side, and then the right foot, and then the left foot. Sheikh then says, let's talk about the face. What about the face? He goes, um, well, the texts indicate that there is no right hand side, left hand side when it comes to the face. Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar al-Shankiti goes even further. He says, listen, he goes that the concept of tiyamun, of starting with the right-hand side, can only apply to something where there's two of. And it can't apply to something that there's one of, except in one case. Anyone? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you just didn't say ears, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You didn't even say ear. You actually said ears as well. That's brilliant, bro. I love that. <laughs> That's quality. Is it shaving the head? No. The body and ghusl? Good. The body and ghusl. Well done. Okay. So, in the, the body in ghusl, the face is one, isn't it? Okay. But you start with the, the head is one as well. When you pour the water over, you rub the right hand side of your body. Your chest is one. Okay, so you rub that whole kind of side. So yeah, your foot gets done, your arm, your leg, that's fine. Your ear gets done, but why washing your face when it's a single one? Okay, so it's a sunnah to do the right hand side. So that's the one, that's the, the uh, 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 one uh, thingy. And what Sheikh Uthameen, he says, he makes a really nice statement. Well, I liked it. He goes that, um, so therefore from the text, it's clear that when something is only one or a face or the face, then there's no right-hand side, left-hand side. Allahumma illa, unless, and therefore it should be washed in one go. And that's a sunnah. So you get the water, and then it's all one go. Yeah? It's all one go. Allahumma illa, unless a person for some reason is having difficulty or unable to wash it in one go. And if that's the case, then you start with the right-hand side and then the left-hand side. And I, honest to God, I love that opinion. I think it's fiqh, man. I think that's fiqh. So basically what he's saying is that if there's a single limb, single part of the body, then it's washed in one go. But if for some bizarre reason you are unable to do that in one go, then you do then apply right-hand side, left-hand side. If you want. It's a sunnah. If you don't do it, no problem. Anyone done that before? No? All the time. One commonplace happens all the time. No? Okay, go on then. Well, that's good. Uh, that wasn't uh, uh, what I was thinking of, but if you've injured your hand, yeah, then you can't, you know, well, you can. You know what's, I think what's really interesting about what you said there about the one hand thing, okay? You know, us packs, yeah, or us pack, us modern packs, I should say. The reason that we would say one ha- when you're one-handed and we say yeah, it makes makes sense is because in our minds, washing the face is how we see the non-Muslims wash the face. 
All right? Maybe I don't. Maybe that's not fair saying non-Muslims, but modern society, which is to put water into two hands and then to splash it all over. Whereas washing the face when it comes to classic times is just getting water and rubbing the face with it. So an actual fact, exactly. The sunnah would be that you would have your, your single hand, you'd hold your, put your container in, literally, and then you would, you know what I'm saying? Right? So that's actually normal. But it's, you are right though, because when we do it, modern people who are used to taps and can't hold anything anyway, thinking, you know, bro, can you come and do me <laughs> Can you out? You know what I'm saying, bro? Yeah? So when he comes over and <laughs> he tries to pour a little bit of water into your hands, you do it, because we're not used to it. Yeah? And that's why Hajj is great, man. Hajj, you learn lots of kind of stuff. Hajj, by the way, no hands. You know, when I take my Hajj group, I've got some next behavior. I, when the, the, the night that we leave for, the, the night before we leave for Mina, I get everyone, I said, right, go and get your bottles. So we get like a small little kind of 500 ml bottle. I go, this is going to be your best friend. Okay, this is going to save you. You need to go bring a bottle and two bottle caps. So they bring their bottle caps. I have the pin and we get a few pins. Okay. Safety pin is very important, okay, in Hajj. Right, so you've got your normal bottle cap, that's fine. You take your second bottle cap and you make your holes in it. Make it like a salt shaker, all right? 10, 15, 20 holes. That stays in your pocket. And then you cap up the bottle full of water and that's what it is. So now you have your bottle of water. That's going to be your water for your water for your istinja, okay? And it will be your water for your wudu. When it's being used for istinja, then you're just going to pour out the bottle because you need a solid amount of water to clean back and forth, yeah, back and front. When it comes for wudu, you swap the cap and you put on the, the, the shaker cap. And when you got that one, then it's literally a case of get the bottle. And I'll show you this when we do our physical demonstration. I'll show you how it's possible to make the entire wudu with this amount, this amount of water. There are people who can do it without the shaker, but when you use a shaker, it becomes the easiest thing in the world. This amount of water it will take. You put that much water into a bottle and put the spray, spray thing in on. Just squirt it once, a couple of drops falls on your hand, and then you rub it. And then when it comes to the face, you literally get the bottle and go dunk, dunk like that. All right? And it squirts a little bit here, a little bit there. And then you put the bottle down, and then you're just rubbing your face. There's no this concept of... Yeah? It's more of squirt, squirt. We've got a little bit of water on the face now, and now it's all rubbing that everywhere that's possible. The arm... Then get squirt, squirt, squirt. One, two, and three. And then all the way, all the way, whatever. Very little water goes on the floor. You're putting so little on your body that there's no water that comes off. Right? It all gets absorbed into the skin. This is now getting closer to this idea that the Prophet ﷺ would do his wudu' from the mud. Yep, one mud is this much. Arbat and dad, four of these is the entire ghusl. The only way you can understand that is the way I'm explaining it to you. It's just wetting the body and rubbing it. It's the only way possible. It's not possible to pour four amdad upon your head. Well, it is. The last one is, yeah. Um, what are we talking about? I never know what we're talking about. Anyway, yeah, so I was saying that the modern... Uh, someone didn't tell me what, what the, where we use it all the time. The right hand, left hand side. Airplanes, man. That little tinko flipping bakwasi uh, sink in the toilet. You can't do none of that behavior in there. You try and do it now, it goes all over the place. It's a disaster. There, and it's only like, like this small. And we've got big, giant, giant, giant bean like my head, yeah? 
You can't do nothing like that. So I'm a, is this a case of put my head like that, get the water, you know, and <laughs> turn my face like that. No? Am I the only way that does that, yeah? Best still, yeah. Huh? That's my best deal. Okay. I always said, you know, I wrote, I think last year, I think. I said, if you want to learn how to do the sunnah of wudu, practice it in the airplane toilets. You will learn the sunnah. You will learn how to use little water. You will learn how to rub everything. By necessity, everyone, man is a creature of. How's that saying go? Necessity, necessity is the mother of all invention. صح. That's when you will learn. Uh, when you need to, you've got no opportunity to be able to put water on the floor. And it's not, you know, if the water goes on the floor, it's not even like you can get down to wipe it. You lean over in there, you're dying, Yara. It's so difficult to lean over in that. How do you do your feet? Oh my days, Yara. I've got some stories to tell you, bro. But not now, Yara. Not now. But I'll tell you some stories, though. I will. You know what the worst thing is? Is that that's the that's the classic place and reason to wipe over socks and wear good socks. But wearing socks on a plane is a disaster, bro. I'm a chapel kind of guy, man. So I've got this dilemma that I'm wearing chapel all the time, and if I go sleep, yeah, then it's gonna have to be with all in those young disaster thingies. <laughs> do you mind? Do you mind doing your behavior there? Right. Okay then. And uh, Sheikh continues something interesting. He says, Oh gosh, man, we've still got quite a bit left. All right, listen, let's just read. No more jokes now. Stop messing about, man. You're like wasting time all the time. Listen, he goes, The ears, he goes, You only wipe them once. Okay, the ears, we're going to talk about the description of wiping the ears later. It's not for now, because wiping the ears is an obligation. Okay, alright. He goes, the ears are only wiped once. Why? Because even though they are two... Is this why you're making the point? Oh, right, that's okay. I was about to defend you there, bro. I was about to defend you, because you, all, you do only wipe the ears once. Because it's part of the uh, one thing. Say, yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, yeah? Yeah, because you see, the wiping, okay, which is the ayah, I wipe then your heads, there's no mention of the ears. So the wiping of the ears, the obligation of wiping of the ears comes under, when we've studied the ayah and the obligations, it comes under the obligation of wiping the head because as the companions used to say, the ears are part of the head. The ears are part of the head. So when you wipe the head, the ruling of the ear applies. So how many times do you wipe the head? You wipe the head once. You can wipe it three times though as well. Okay, But in general, the idea is that it's only one which is required. Um, uh, and not like a, a right side and then a left side. It's done at the uh, same time. And if he was not able to do that, then again, Sheikh Uthameen says, if he wasn't able to lift both hands, then he would then do one, and then maybe the other one, for example, if his left hand is broken or something like that. And Sheikh says that the, the evidence for starting with the right is the hadith I just mentioned, the hadith of Aisha, which as we said, has been narrated in Bukhari and so on. He goes, also, when it comes to the issue of wiping over the khuf, meaning the leather socks, and then by extension the socks as well, okay, then he should do both of them together. 
Why? Because لأنهما لما مسحا كان كالرأس. Okay. He goes that when we wipe over the feet, then according to the ayah, the qiyas, the analogy of wiping the feet, is not washing the feet. This doesn't make so much sense now, but when we come to the, the next week and discussing the ayah and the different uh, recitations, arjulakum wa arjulikum, okay? Arjulakum is how the ayah is, okay? That means to wash the feet. When you wash the feet, you start doing right and then left. That's when you recite it arjulakum in Surah Al-Ma'idah. But when you recite it arjulikum, then this, which is a correct recitation, okay? Then this means wiping the feet. And when, it's, when, when you recite Arjulikum, then the wiping, that wiping is being based upon the head. Wipe your head and your feet. How many, how many ways is their head wiped? Not the right hand side, left hand side, is wiped in one go. Therefore, when you're wiping your socks, you wipe them in one go. This is the Sunnah. This is the Sunnah. Um, and also, well, in the hadith of Mughir ibn Shu'aba, he said that the Prophet ﷺ, he wiped over his socks. He didn't mention, this hadith has been rated in Bukhari, he didn't mention that he'd started with the right hand or left hand. So wipe over his socks is to be taken in its absolute sense, meaning it was all in one goal. And some of the scholars, he said, he said, some of the scholars said it's recommended to do the, uh, to do the uh, start with the right hand side because masah is actually part of washing. It's like a, an, it's a, an extension of washing. Farah min al-ghusl. It's an extension of washing. So, the, so, so you should uh, 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 follow that general kind of pattern. He goes that they are two limbs, which one is different from the other. And it's not like the head. You can't make an uh, analogy from the two feet to the head. You should make analogy of two feet to the two feet which are washed. So... Uh, uh, and, and the Prophet ﷺ, if something is, uh, there's a left and a right, then we should then do the left and the right. And he goes, uh, uh, and Sheikh basically says, And he goes to, and, and, and so meaning that the argument is there for both sides. You're either going to understand it like the head and go one go, or you're going to do the right side or the left side by understanding it as right and left. Sheikh Ruthaymin, he goes that, you know what, that's also a very good opinion as well. And he goes, well, amr fi hadha wasi' insha'Allah ta'ala. He goes, actually, there's a lot of flexibility in this insha'Allah. So it doesn't matter whether you go right and then left, or you go uh, like that. Sheikh's own opinion has been narrated elsewhere. That's number four, footnote number one. He goes in his Majmu'al Fatawa, because he has a connection of Fatawa, he says that in my, in my position, the way that it should be done is left hand, right hand, uh, the right hand side, right time, and whoosh. Okay? From the top of the toes to the uh, beginning of the ankles. Like that, one go. Like that. Okay? We'll come to that inshallah uh, later. And then the next point is to take a new water to wash the ears. So... What, what, what's I trying to say? He goes, another sunnah of the wudu is that once you've now wiped your head, you now uh, wash your hands again or take some more water now, fresh water, and now go in. Because if your hands were wet and you've done it over your hair, then you pretty much now dried your hands. And so now you're not really washing your kind of ears very much. Not, you're not cleaning them very 
well. Okay, that's the uh, 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 the logic behind it. Okay, uh, and this is because. Uh, uh, and the evidence for this is the hadith of Abdullah ibn Zayd أَنَّهُ رَأَى النَّبِيَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ يَتَوَضَّى فَأَخَذَ لِأُذُنَيْهِ مَا أَنْ خِلَافِ الْمَاءَ الَّذِي أَخَذَ لِرَعْسِهِ He saw the Prophet ﷺ making wudu and he took for his ears water that was other than the water that he had used for his head. Meaning that he saw the Prophet ﷺ, he had, uh, he had washed his arms and then and then he'd got more water, and then he'd wiped his head, then he got more water, meaning got his hands wet again, and then he went for the uh, ears. He goes, the problem is, Shaykh Uthameen, and this hadith has been narrated by Imam al-Bayhaqi. And Imam al-Bayhaqi in footnote number two, he says this hadith has a authentic sanad. He has, it has a authentic uh, chain. But Ibn, Turk, Ibn al-Turkmani, he disagreed. He said that the... Um, Basically, a number of the to, 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 to summarize, a number of the scholars disagreed because of the main reason that it goes against a more authentic hadith, which I'm going to tell you about now. So, this the, the scholars consider this hadith to be weak. They consider it to be shav. Shav means odd. It means odd, meaning that it's going against what is more well known. You know, when you say someone's odd, it means that he's different to the normative kind of scenario. Likewise, in hadith. When something contradicts what's authentically well-known and established, then we call that shaz. Alright? Well, I'm going to explain to you why that shaz in a minute. But I just want to quote to you what Ibn al-Qayyim says. He said, Ibn al-Qayyim said in Zad al-Ma'ad, volume 1, page number 55, he goes, nothing has been established from the Prophet ﷺ that he took for his ears new water. This has only been narrated from Abdullah ibn Umar. And actually, it has been narrated by Abdullah ibn Umar. And what Ibn Umar, he, uh, do, he did, in, um, and it has been authentically narrated as well, is that he, he and I'm going to quote to you this hadith, because I found it very interesting. Okay. Um, Where is it? Hmm. I thought I did see it. <coughs> yeah, there we go. Um, so ju- ju- just for your own extra notes, uh, it's been narrated by, by Ibn Abi Shayba and Abdul Razak that uh, Abdullah ibn Umar, he said that Al-Uzunan min al-Rats, that the ears are from the head. That's authentic and that's important. And uh, it has been narrated again authentically from Abu Ubaid in the book Qutahur, that he would wipe over his ears whilst he was washing his face, which is uh, very interesting at that time. He, was, he would wipe over his ears whilst washing his face, but we don't want to get into that. And um, Man, the thing that I was looking for... Oh, here it is. Yeah, here we go. Uh, and th- this has been narrated in the Muatta, okay? In the Muatta of Man Malik, volume 1, number 34, on the authority of Nafi' that Ibn Umar kana ya'khud al-ma' bi'usbu'ahi li'uzunay. Meaning that he would, after he'd wiped his, heads, uh, wiped his head, he would then take water with his fingers. 
more water say get more water and then go back in because the idea is to get in and clean okay the idea is to get in and clean and also it has been authentically narrated from Abdullah ibn Umar the manner of how he would wipe his ears we're going to come to that later but just so that you know now it would he would clean he would put his finger in his ears and he would wipe the inside and the outside so this is the outside this this is a zahir and this is a batin so the batin is being done like that okay all right and if it goes inside this is good as well and in and then out and then the outside of the ear the outside of the ear and that's important because packs and they don't do the ear properly all right and people need to wash behind their ears isn't it why doctor why didn't wash behind your ears you know why? Because people don't, that's why. <laughs> and then it gets dirty. Isn't it? Yeah? Okay. So, um, so back to what... But, uh, so, uh, uh, as Ibn Qayyim, he says, he says, nothing authentic from the Prophet ﷺ, but Abdullah ibn Umar, yes. Authentically narrated from Abdullah ibn Umar that he used to do that. And Shaykh Al-Thameen says, he goes, the hadith that we just mentioned that of Abdullah ibn Zayd, it is shalv. Why? Because it contradicts what has been narrated by Imam Muslim. That the Prophet ﷺ... He wiped his hair, uh, his head. Why am I reading, man? Yes. Basically, the position is is that he wiped his hair, he wiped his hair with water other than what he had used for his hands, and that's it. He never ever mentioned that he then took separate water for his ears. So the hadith is very clear. He washed his hands, his arms, then took the water again, then wiped his head, and then carried on with his ears. No mention in the hadith of Muslim, which is more authentic and more established, that he stopped, went back to the water, and then did it again for his ears. Why is this important? Because if the Prophet has been described as going back to the water to wipe his head, then if he had gone back to the water to wipe his ears, it would have been narrated. And that hadith in Muslim doesn't state that, therefore that is what is established. And remember, when someone wants to bring something to the game, meaning an additional action, then you have to make sure it's well established. Because the origin or the asal or the status quo in ibadah is what? Everything is haram, correct? And if you want to establish it, you got to bring the game. And you got to make sure that it's very, very clear. It's not a case, ah, oh, well, you know what? He wiped his finger, he washed his hands for his head. So, you know, we'll just do it again for the, the, the ears as well. No, no. you got to bring evidence for each step. And so, therefore, it is, it is correct to say that it is not sunnah. And therefore, he disagrees with the Hanbali position. It's not sunnah to take new water to wipe for the ears. And if someone does it following Abdullah bin Umar, then that's okay. That is okay. Um, okay, and some of the, and Sheikh Uthameen just mentions another point. He goes, why is it that people even said, why is it that he even said that you should take a new water for it? Because there's a principle that every time you move to a new limb, you're meant to use new water. Okay? That's what, if you think of your tap, that's the obvious thing. You're washing it, then you go to wash your face, then you put, you know what I'm trying to say? And then your hands are now, now then you should now go back in again and now wipe your hair. So they said that ears are a separate limb to the head. 
And Sheikh Uthameen says, well, the answer to that is, of course, not. Actually, the ruling for the ears comes under the same ruling of the head anyway, so there will be no need. And finally, um, to wash it now a second time and a third time. Okay? Um, the first time is obligatory. To wash everything once is obligatory. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَغْسِلُوا وُجُوهَكُمْ وَأَيْدِيَكُمْ إِلَى الْمَرَافِقِ Okay? Uh, so the, obli- the obligation is very clear by the, by the statement wash. He didn't say wash once, twice, three times, wash. Wash in its absolute sense means was, uh, uh, once. So he says that if you wash it a second time, that's, that's even more uh, better. And if you do it three times, then that's almost that's perfect. Because that's going to make sure you clean everything. And what has been narrated from the Prophet ﷺ is that once he washed everything just one time, that's been narrated by Imam al-Bukhari, hadith number 157. And it has also been narrated that he washed everything two times. Also narrated by Imam al-Bukhari. The first one was hadith number 157. The second time was hadith number 158. And it has also been narrated from the Prophet ﷺ that he washed everything three times. Thalathan, thalatha. Also narrated by Imam al-Bukhari in Kitab al-Wudu, hadith number 159. So three hadith Bukhari narrates one after the other showing that it's acceptable to wash once, each thing once, each wash each thing twice, wash, wash each, each thing three times. And some of the scholars said that, um, that it is... Uh, and also... He, and it has also been narrated, check this, okay, that the Prophet wasallam washed his, his, his face three times, his hands two times, and his feet once, a three-two-one, okay? And this has been narrated by Imam al-Bukhari as well, and hadith number 186, and also by Imam Muslim. Now, some of the scholars, they considered it to be makruh, to differ between the limbs like that. I'll do you three times, I'll do you two times, I'll do you one time. This kind of difference, okay? And it has been narrated in, uh, in, in Saf, okay? Uh, but the correct position, of course, is that it can't be in Makro because it's been narrated from the Prophet wasallam. So how is that possible? Okay? And what is good to do, and Shaykh Uthameen is now finishing off, he's saying, what's good is to alternate between all of these. This is about maintaining the Sunnah. It's very important. Remember last week I said that it's important that when you're washing your arm, you're thinking, you know what, I'm not just flapping about here, I'm cleaning myself, but I'm actually doing a wudu for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As important as that is to, next time you make wudu, to only wash it once. Just wash it once. Because you know what? When you wash it once and then you move on, your body will stop. And you'll say, actually, you know what, I haven't washed that, right? I need to now do a second and a third. And that's when you suddenly become alive in your wudu. You actually... Kick kind of started your wudu there, all right? And then you go to your right hand and you wash that once and your body says, no, that's not done. You need to do it a second time and a third time. No, no. You know what? You've done the sunnah. That's okay, all right? And actually the fact that you noticed was a, was a big result and that's good enough for us. So I like that as well. Um, some of the scholars said, uh, and it, 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 can, it can be argued that the Prophet ﷺ only washed things once only to show that that's permissible. Not because he wanted to make that the sunnah. Okay? Uh, this is good. This is usul. Sheikh says that that's an argument. I accept that. That people might say that, oh, you know what? He washed once, not to establish it as an act of worship, but actually to establish that it's permissible if you can't do it. And he washed twice 
Not as to say to you this is mashru'iyah, legislating the act and making an act of worship, but to show that it's permissible. To indicate that three actually is the best way. Sheikh Uthameen says, you know what, that's rubbish. You know why? He didn't say that. But he said, okay, that, hold on, the basic status quo in works of worship is that it's legislated. Prophet doesn't do things for thinking. Yes, it might show indication, but by indicating the permissibility is also an act of worship. Therefore, it's quite sufficient to do that number. Okay? فَالَّذِي يَظْهَرْ And he goes, uh, basically, you know, the scholars, they confuse themselves. He's getting a bit harsh now, right? You know, I don't think he's getting harsh in fairness, but he's saying that the scholars started like to confuse themselves. They said that, uh, 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 that, they basically, I don't know whether we, it's only the last half a page now, but it's an interesting discussion, maybe a bit too deep. He goes, the reason that this discussion came about is because they're trying to wrestle with the concept that the wajib is to wash it once. Yes? The sunnah, which the Prophet seems to have done more times than most, is to wash it three times. And now they're saying they're stuck. They're having to explain essays because they're trying to make out that the sunnah is better than the wajib. And they got themselves confused, and they're trying to explain it, and they're saying it's not legislated, blah, 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 blah. Shaykh Uthameen says, listen, he goes, why are you messing about? He goes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the hadith Qudsi, abdi, that my slave does not come closer to me other than by performing the maftaratu alayh, the obligatory actions that I have uh, put upon him. That's the way he gets super close to me. That's the key. That's the things that I hatta uhibbu until I love him. Okay? So that's the, the basic principle. The obligatory actions are always, will always be better than the sunnah actions. And sunnah is a separate reward and an extra, but it's not better than the wajib position. Okay? And he said that therefore to do things three times is a sunnah and it is, uh, and it is better than. Uh, And he goes, he goes, some of the, he goes, the scholars, they said that, uh, uh, look, to start the salam is sunnah and, and to return the salam is obligatory. So therefore it is, it is better to start the salam and uh, 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 better than the obligatory response. And Shaykh al he says, listen. He goes, you're confusing yourself. He goes, this washing the second time and the third time, this is all part of the parcel of the obligation. This is not, yani, it's, he goes, you're not comparing the three versus one. The three and the two is actually part of the one. It's all part of the, single, the, simple, the, the, the obligation itself. You're not comparing and fighting off, having a face-off between the sunnah actions and the obligatory actions. Actually, they are the same thing. Then he goes into a, a, a discussion. Yeah, then he goes into a discussion about salam, which I don't think is important. But he concludes for hasil that he goes, the conclusion is this that it's not possible for a nafal, la yumkin an yakun afdal min al wajib. Okay? He goes, it's not possible ever for something which is non obligatory to be more better than the obligatory. And that you shouldn't get yourself confused in this matter. So I conclude that um, this uh, this section on the sunnah, that to wash the hands uh, or any parts, wash three times, you do the sunnah. And it's good to do that, okay? And if you do it once, then you've done the wajib, and it's quite okay. 
not massively, not some disaster or anything. That's legislated, done by the Prophet exact award, a reward. And as I said, if you're aware during it, during that one time, and you're feeling it, then that would be, be better than washing your limbs a hundred times. Even washing it once, and you know that you're preparing for salah, and that your niyyah is there for ibadah. That's a feeling that some people don't even get in their lives. There are some people who don't pray in their lives, or pray all life, and they don't actually feel the prayer. They're making wudu day and night, they never actually realize that, you know, I'm getting excited about this, this is the end for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you should start with small baby steps as we say, and uh, that's uh, uh, good inshallah. Okay, right, any, uh, yes, let's so take some questions, yes. On the last point then, you wash your face once, yeah, it's an obligation, you get the reward for that. If you then go on and wash it a second and third time, do you get extra reward for that? Because if you do, I mean, washing it three times is better than washing it once. So, there's no doubt that a person who carries on washing it more, wanting to follow the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, will get extra reward. But that statement, getting extra reward, is all you should say. <clears throat> we don't say that that makes the sunnah better than the wajib, because we're creating a paradox or whatever. Exactly, yeah, that's the point. We're not trying, we're just saying that this is the sunnah of the Prophet is part of the obligation, and the most complete form of that obligation is to wash it three times. So the scholars they got themselves confused and they said that, you know, how are you gonna compare blah blah blah? Made themselves a problem. Yeah. What's contra Jesus? What's what? What's the I thing? You see? That's good. That's the I thing. That's exactly what it is. It's an eye thing. Conjunctivitis is when your eye gets uh, inflamed and the conjunctiva get inflamed and, and uh, you know. Yeah, ask a doctor, man, afterwards, man. It's an eye disease. That's eye sickness, eye condition, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yalla, let's do it. I've answered this first one. Why does the author start with the sun and then go to the the obligatory? Well, it's a good question to be honest. I haven't I haven't thought about why he did that. I don't know, I don't know why he did that. Okay. Yeah. Um, what about the folks who whisper the salah? I always thought we were not supposed to say it loud enough for another to hear. Yes. Yeah, so with respect to the recitation of the Fatiha and the prayer, you're not allowed to recite it to disturb other people. For them to hear something is okay, but. There's one thing when you know someone's reciting because you might hear the odd, whatever, that's fine. When it starts to become so loud that it's literally whispering, whispering is not allowed. Whispering is talking, right? We're not saying that the sunnah is whispering. Whispering is like me saying, hey, don't tell anyone. That's whispering, okay? We're saying that a person recites it, but only he himself hears it, not whispering. And the other person will hear that someone is, something is being said, but not whispering. Yep. Please clarify what mukhallafin means. Mukhalafin. Mukhalafa. Yeah? So the Mukhalafa, I described it. What do you mean? They go, go back and watch the video. It took me 10 minutes to describe. And we said it's bid'ah anyway. It's, it's, it's not based upon a hadith which is authentic. No, all, all he said was whoever cuts his nails. And then I explained it. Are you pack? I said that the hadith said that the Prophet said that whoever cuts his nails in Mukhalafan, in a Mukhalaf fashion, he won't, his eyes will not be affected by conjunctivitis. I then went into a detailed description of what mukhalafah is. Were you asleep at that moment? Maybe. Kasmi, are you 
Are you getting this, Bob? That's two people then. The person who asked the person. See, he's happy. He's happy that, you know, if I was asleep, so was someone else. Yeah. What should we do? If you're doing three times each, would you then do three times the head as well? We're going to come to that. We're going to come to that later. Yeah. How do you reconcile with the, what we saying, you do the actions quickly and then other instances where we say that the main reason that Allah is not quickly and so, so the brother is saying that how do you uh, uh, reconcile all of what you're saying with the idea of it being to clean uh, 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 and actually we know not to clean I've always made it very clear from the first day that wudu' has got nothing to do with cleaning meaning that the illa is not to clean the, the illa is ritual ablution and there will be some cleaning as a result of it but cleaning is not the asal because we know that if we're going to clean, then we go in the ghusl. And if we know we're going to clean, then we're going to obligate soap to be used in the ears and so on and so forth. So it doesn't necessarily contradict that to have the reason to do it for the sake of Allah, ritual ablution, that's why the word ritual is there, to make it clear that it's a prayerful kind of thing, spiritual thing, which we don't know the reason behind, doesn't necessarily mean it can't do some cleaning thing. But it's clear that the function is not cleaning. Is it spiritually clean? There's no doubt about the spiritual cleaning that it's, that's what it is. And if you go back to the early lessons in uh, session one, the year one, and you look at some of the notes, it will come. It will now it will come through stronger that 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 ethos that wudu is not to clean the body physically because you could do that in so much better ways. You could use alcohol washes for crying out loud. You could do this. You could do that. Right. So the idea, but at the same time, because it's a spiritual one, doesn't mean that it can't clean the body at the same time. Yeah. Online. Yeah. Um, so when we are washing the nose, mouth and face, do you use the right or left hand? We're going to come to the uh, nose, uh, but I said the, left, I said the left finger, yeah. If you're, going to, if you're going to use it. I just want to, the reason we haven't discussed that is because actually the, the washing is coming later, alright? But at the same time, uh, and also because part and parcel of al-istinshaq and al-istinthar which is the snuffing and the, 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 the taking out, is not linked to the finger per se. The finger is not part of the process. I think he's asking the light. I, I think, when, the light, I think when we said there was one body, yep. and you're using... Oh, you mean the, 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 the nostrils? No, no, just washing the face. Washing the face. You said it's a modern thing using two hands. Yes. But back in the day, one hand. Yep. Is it the right hand that you... Oh, wash the with? face with? Yeah. Um... The idea, the idea was always that the, the, the concept is that the water is poured with the right and the hand is used with the, uh, the, the water is poured with the left and the face is, the water is poured with the left and the face is washed with the right. Khilaf to istinja and so on and so forth, which is the other way. The other way. And Allah, Allah knows best. Um. Can ladies wipe their head front to back? Coming afterwards. Coming up. Yep. The just yep. Uh, this is some uh, announcements from Manchester. I'm going to do that. The fly is there. Please check the email for key points. Thank you. Yeah, we're going to do that in a second. Yep. Um, so basically, say for example, you're in a situation where you can only use one hand over two hands. It's sort of a two-part question. Um, so is it okay to just use that one hand for everything? And is there something better? Is it better to use one hand over two hands? If you do have the option of... No, the, the principle in washing that, the, the, the parts of the body, there's two hands, that's a principle. There's always, that's a principle. Because even, even as we were talking about pouring, 
pouring is is is. I was giving the example of one hand, but that's not always the case. When we pour, we will pour in a number of ways, depending upon the actual uh, uh, thing, the container. So either what we do is that we grab the container from the edge and we tilt it into two hands, put the the back, and then we use both hands. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Or what you do is that you get the uh, container, pour into one hand, put the container back down again, and then the other one gets involved. So there's not a big thing there. And there's no, and most important, there's nothing from the Prophet ﷺ to specify these specific details, meaning the, um, the issue is flexible. Yeah. It's getting a bit crazy now. Some people are asking about comments on then disaggregation. Yeah, okay, yeah. So that's fine, inshallah. So what we'll do is that we'll close it because um, uh, uh, it's getting late. And uh, um, I have some uh, announcements for the Manchester crew here as well, for people in Manchester. Uh, so, um, and that's it. London folks, logical progression at uh, Wokefield Park. That's the only thing for everyone else. Okay? All right, then. Jazakumullah khair. Subhanakallah. Alhamdulillah. 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 Okay, so um, we... Yeah, off. All right, guys, so a couple of things yeah, for us lot here. Um, number one, we have I have one of my close friends coming down, uh, Sheikh Yahya Ibrahim. He's doing a uh, the conference this weekend. Okay, this no, sorry, sorry, beg your pardon. Next weekend um, on Sunday. Is this for sisters? Oh, guide. Is this for sisters only? Oh, it's, sorry, beg your pardon. It's for sisters only. But that doesn't mean you can't tell your, you know, wives and sisters and God knows what, yeah. So, um, so, uh, da, 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 da. please check email for key. Honest to God, if that is the worst O in history, man. Key points <coughs> attached to this announcement. Uh, uh, email. Okay, so uh, you mean the website address, I think, not the email. So www.being-me.org. There's a sister there who's got the tickets, okay? Uh, sister um, uh, Marina. She has the tickets there. And there'll be uh, lots of different speakers there, mashallah. But this is good. And Shekin has my, my, my spa as well. So he's worth uh, checking out. So that's this next, next Sunday. Next Sunday at... Where? Palace. Huh? Palace Hotel. Paz? Palace. At the Palace Hotel. Actually, you know what? Uh, that's why you need to go to the website because the information is not on this flyer. But the flyer will be there and our sister selling the tickets as well. www.being-me.org So that's the first thing. Second thing, how you distributing your thingy? Is there already? No, no, I'll take it. Okay, all right then. Yeah, because sister Ziani, you get your fair share because he wants the reward. Jazallah khair. Okay? Yeah, you can see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is correct. Well said. You see what he said? Can we see what he got you so we know what to aim for? Very good. Although I do want to say that I do want to try and lose some weight at some time. Yeah? There has to come a... a, a no, no, no. Not just yet. Not just yet. You see? you got to up your game. Whoa! I hope that's not the real price you paid for that, bro. Oh, <laughs> that's a disgrace, Yara. Oh my god, I could buy 10 boxes of chocolate for that, man. So you can take it back if you want, get your 10 boxes of No, 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 but we'll accept that. So that's the standard, okay, folks? All right? No, 
no skimping out. Don't, um, don't turn up next week, by the way. Just right, so the most important announcement, guys, is that next week <clears throat> we were thinking of doing it on here, but I don't think it's worth it. Yeah? No, we, we can't. They've got an event. Oh, they have an event anyway. Oh, it's Christmas Day. Is it Christmas Day? Yeah, last one, <laughs> 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 Christmas Day, yeah, it's Christmas Day. So, um, just watch our home, everybody, yeah? Yes, all sisters, brothers, yeah? And anyone that you know that comes and might not know, please tell them as well, all right? So next week, we're not doing it here. The week after, back on, back on schedule. Are we good with that? Any other announcements? Sister's got tickets there. If you need any, 